My friends, welcome. As Bear Shelves Biden is currently trending on Twitter with some 86,000 tweets, including pictures of empty shelves at grocery stores across the United States, the LA Times is warning us that it's just going to get worse from here with more food shortages ahead due to the spread of Omicron and the labor shortages and lack of USDA inspectors at meat factories and all the problems that are cre created by that. I want to take a look at these two things, but first look at Australia because they're a bit ahead of us in this game to get a sense of where things are going. And then ultimately we'll talk about what's the motivation here? Where does the agenda end up? Why are they creating these clearly engineered food shortages and supply chain disruptions? including taking a look at this latest grant from DARPA, which effectively looks at funding the creation of Soylent Green. As you can read here, they seek to take mixed waste and create uh, cellular biomass that can be then shaped into visually appealing edible and palatable food, fake synthetic lab-grown trash, the, uh, the, the upcycled food that, cre that has been described by the World Economic Forum as a circular economy. Bottom line, they want you to eat trash. Let's talk about it. I'm Christian, and this is the Ice Age Farmer broadcast. Empty freezers, bare shelves. Woolworth says, get used to it. What we are seeing now is what is going to continue for at least a couple of weeks. Customers can expect to continue to see empty shelves. Shortages, this time not the result of hoarding, but a severe lack of staff, with workers constantly sidelined by Omicron. It is a massive national crisis. From fruit pickers to truck drivers, warehouse workers and shelf stackers, there's not enough people to get goods into the shops. Yeah, a national crisis indeed, prompting the CEO of Aldi Australia to send out this letter indicating, quote, the rise in COVID cases, which really means positive tests, many of which are asymptomatic, as I covered in my previous report, quote, has significantly impacted the supply of food and groceries as labor shortages in food production and supplier logistics have skyrocketed. From farms to factories, we're seeing fruit pickers, meat processors, and countless others isolating, as well as truck drivers and warehouse employees, all of which impacts availability of certain products, as well as their prices, which have already hitting a 10-year uh, high this last year in 2021, and of course the inflation continuing to uh, accelerate there. So now today, seeing bare shelves Biden uh, trending massively on Twitter with, as I said, pictures from across the nation here in Knoxville, Tennessee, to Seattle, empty shelves in Maryland. And I've heard from people across the entire DC area. Very interesting that they're being hit. And I will qualify this by saying there are also posts from people who say, I don't get it. I'm not seeing that here. Here's one. Sherry, what's going on? My store has plenty. There's plenty of food here, including meat. So there is clearly a discrepancy here, some inequitable distribution of food. And I think that should should motivate us to ask the question, what's going on here? Why are some stores seeing these empty shelves? Uh, and, and including talking to people that work at these stores, floor managers who do the ordering to try and restock, who say, you know, Christian, I'm putting in, or I don't get it. I'm putting in the orders for these things. And when I get back, they're just not there. The trucks come and they don't have these supplies that I've ordered. Clearly, it's not happening everywhere. Now, some uh, locations and stores are offering different reasons. Here in Aldi around Tennessee, 
We hear that that's because of inclement weather. Also hearing that in some cases in Colorado stores, it's because truckers are actually boycotting the entire state after a, a crazy uh, sentencing happened there with a trucker who lost his brakes and had an accident, now being sentenced to 110 years. So truckers are saying, that's not fair and I'm not gonna deliver anything to Colorado. A little bit of an embargo there. So these would be regional disturbances, but it is the LA Times that offers us the only national explanation. Let's take a look. Omicron's spread means more food shortages at grocery stores across the nation. Quote, the highly contagious, but mostly harmless, Omicron coronavirus is disrupting already stressed food supply chains, sickening so many workers that more shortages at grocery stores are all but certain. Please take that into advisement and prepare for it if you have not already. Continuing, labor shortages in every part of the food system, including farms, manufacturers, and distributors, are uh, causing supermarkets to have to struggle to keep food fully stocked. This sounds, it's exact same language as we are hearing in the Australian media. I just want to point that out. And now Omicron is bringing the problem to a new level. It's raging across the US, raising health concerns that we thought the vaccines had fixed, blah, blah, blah. All of this is going to cause more 2020 style food shortages. Quote, we're already seeing bare shelves According to the CEO of a supply chain consultancy, labor shortages due to Omicron are going to further exacerbate this issue. And we'll continue reading down here. One company is having trouble getting supplies from food manufacturers, especially processed items like cereal and soup. The manufacturers just can't get labor. We also see that the hog slaughter and cattle slaughter numbers are down. That's more of the war on meat. And then this is key because we said uh, when the federal mandates went into play, there were a lot of USDA inspectors who said, forget it, I'm not, I'm not taking that trash. And so they have left those positions, which as you can see here, now we have inspector vacancies as high as 35%. When there is not a USDA inspector present at a meat processing facility, they can't work. So this is shutting down the meat uh, pipelines faster than anything right now. Quote, Omicron is nailing us. Inspectors are already in short supply throughout the country. And speaking of truckers, we're about to hit a real inflection point here with respect to the mandates going into effect for those that cross the Canada-US border. They're pushing ahead with that in spite of the fact that it's completely insane with some estimates putting that at 16 to 20,000 trucks that will just be parked, taken out of the equation of transport. That is a near fatal blow to the supply chains when you think about all of the fuel and equipment and seeds and fertilizers and everything that's going back and forth between these countries, just taking that off the road. Quote, the mandate's the first policy measure that will limit cross-border trucking traffic. Trucks crossed the border freely for 20 months because they were considered essential to keep supply chains flowing. That hasn't changed. What's changed is that now they actually want to shut it down and do the damage. The question is, why? What's, what's the agenda here? And I want to suggest two things. The first is that we continue to see this narrative about, oh, the supply chain is really disrupted and we just can't afford to do things the old way anymore. We need to move to blockchain. Here's another example of that. NFTs could be used for the supply chain. It's not just about little pieces of art and digital proof of ownership. NFTs, quote, have the opportunity to completely disrupt the supply chain industry in a good way by eliminating common pain points that result in disruptions. And the article gives a couple examples, including pharmaceuticals, quote, when using this technology, customers have visibility into the conditions of each product 
on its supply chain journey, including storage locations, environmental factors like temperature and humidity, and the duration of storage. An NFT attached to a pharmaceutical product has the potential to protect consumers from some seriously bad medicine. Now, it's easy, I think, to see the analog as applied to food, where you could track the same data, temperature, where it was harvested, where it was stored, across the entire journey from farm to fork. And if you remember, that is exactly the kind of data that the FDA is proposing needs to be tracked for any piece of food that reaches the consumer. Here from Weston A. Price, FDA rule threatens small farms and food businesses because it would require GPS coordinates of where food is grown, location, date and time that the food is harvested, cooled, packed, shipped, used as an ingredient, another food. Basically that whole journey across the supply chain, the FDA wants to require all producers to record, which as this article is pointing out, would basically do away with small farms that don't have the resources to, uh, to collect all and maintain all of that data. And if that sounds crazy, remember, that's what they've been talking about for some time now. Here was a Forbes article saying how the Internet of Things, AI, and this blockchain concept can transform our supply chain. This is before even major disruptions, but they put forth this vision about how we can use the blockchain to track each individual coffee bean as soon as it is picked will be tagged with its own unique digital identity. Of course, this flows right into the goals of Agenda 2030, which is complete awareness of every resource and all economic activity on the planet. They want it all. They want perfect awareness. And I go into great depth about this in my report, Architecting the Beast System, how we're giving AI control of our food supply. I'll put a link to that below. So taking control of the supply chain is one aspect, and then getting rid of natural food is another. And of course, I've been covering for a long time now this lab-grown meat and the synthetic food, divorcing humans from nature being sort of the, the theme here. Here's a piece from the conversation. Lab-grown meats and cow-free dairy can help us fix climate change. KFC just introduced Beyond Meat with their new plant-based fried chicken. Of course, they rebranded from Kentucky Fried Chicken to KFC years ago because they, they knew this was coming. They knew the end of animal agriculture was ahead of them. That's what the World Economic Forum calls the post-animal economy. All of these things, you can see, I hope, all of these things are coming together as they roll forward and they will be achieved through these supply chain disruptions and, uh, and food shortages. And now to be thorough, because I brought it up, here's that article about DARPA's 3D printed food. It takes uh, resources from an existing program called Resource, which, quote, aims to engineer versatile, durable systems that use mixed waste to rapidly produce a wide range of on-demand products from uh, lubricants and adhesives to, quote, edible macronutrients. So taking that existing program, now DARPA is adding a new program, the Innovative Nutritional Formulations Program, that takes those edible macronutrients created from mixed waste, Right, the upcycled trash, and turns them into edible biomass uh, that can be a palatable food ration at scale under austere conditions for disaster relief. And they're quite clear. Look, it says this could be used for civilians, quote, when traditional food is unavailable. Why are they creating fake food for when traditional food is unavailable? because they know they are engineering these problems right now. And of course, that is the, the bottom line here, is to divorce people from nature, to herd them into the smart cities and get them to forget about all the traditions and culture and foods that made us who we are. Uh, our holidays tied to harvest uh, seasons and 
uh, if you're a transhumanist seeking to, to, to totally reformat humanity and create human 2.0, then you have to do that as well with food. Get rid of traditional food right there. When, when traditional food is unavailable and create food 2.0. And that's exactly what this lab-grown trash is. All right, so I've thrown a lot in there today, and I think that's probably a good place to stop. I will just mention that what is it, what's the solution here? Of course, it's to grow your own food. It's to start growing your garden as big as possible, add as many awesome animals to your homestead as possible, build community gardens for the folks around you and loop them in and share your seeds. I posted this to Telegram, and it's true. A few people had written me and said, I can't find seed swaps to, to, so I can get some, some gardens started. I think that's great because it means you can start a seed swap where you are and everyone around you will be thrilled to join in. It's really time to start changing the way we think about this. It means we can get active in our communities. We need to make this happen right now. We don't have an option, right? Unless you want to be eating upcycled DARPA Soylent Green, okay? So whether that means you can start a seed swap or your community garden or host a Skillshare or just align with farmers in your area because those are great relationships to have and I assure you right now they need help. Um, it's time to think creatively about how we quickly stand up community food growing systems. Get away from this centralized monocropping over technical nonsense and get back to the decentralized way that humanity has always grown food. That remains my core message. Thanks for watching, folks. You can find this report and all my reports on iceagefarmer.com. If you value this broadcast, if you appreciate this information, you can help me keep it running. There's a few ways listed to support the show at iceagefarmer.com support. And I very genuinely appreciate that. Indeed, I couldn't do this broadcast without you. So thank you. All right, folks, be well.